0: Oh, there was, there was a couple, you know, we went, uh, we did a big
1: tour. Like it was at first kind of major market tour in a little while in Canada, where we went right across the country. I put out quite a few records and I often tour in rural parts of Canada. Like I do these like really in depth rural tours of a certain province or a certain region. Whereas this case, it was like the cities. And we did all of them to Victoria and back with the band, with a drummer, the full national tour. That was, it was awesome. It was crazy. The drives through the prairies. It's like tours like that, that you realize how huge Canada is. is. But you're like, oh yeah, we're going between Regina and, you know, and Winnipeg. It can't, or whatever, Saskatoon and Winnipeg. It can't be that far. And you realize it's like, it's 900 kilometers. It's like (laughs) 550 miles, 600 miles. And you, you know, your sound check is at four o'clock in the afternoon. So there was a lot of full days, but man, we had a great, we had a great tour. The response was really good, and we got to rock a bit. Like it was, nice. it wasn't really a. I do a lot of folk stuff, and this was a different kind of tour where we, were, you know, we were plugged in. And there were some highlights. There were some other highlights. We went down to the Americana Music Festival down in, which I'd never been to, in Nashville. Saw some cool stuff there. Finally got to see the Time Jumpers. Nice. I had never seen Vince Gill, and I love Vince Gill, and I'd never seen him, and it was just like, you know he did together again you know that famous buck owens track and it was just like it with paul franklin that's like basically the highlight of my year you know what i mean it's so good it's like when you see music being played basically perfectly it's (laughs) who sings like him and paul franklin and they're so connected as a unit it's like magic so that was
0: a super highlight for me musically like it's definitely what i carry with me it's been awesome I feel amazing, man. It's like, I have not had a second though, man. It's crazy. So we finished
1: last night. It was our last show of the year after doing tons of shows. And then of course we went out for some drinks. We were out super late and then we woke up really early and drove six hours and I literally just walked in the door. So I'm feeling really good, but I'm going to feel better in like an hour and a half, you know, (laughs) but it's, uh, yeah, it feels great. It was a great way to finish the year. We played in really beautiful theaters the nicest theaters, you know, in New Brunswick and they were sold out and they with a symphony. I mean, it's a pretty luxurious way to finish the year. And it's like it's Christmas stuff, but we get to do our trio folk stuff and then I get to croon a bit with the orchestra.
0: It's like kind of, it's ideal as a singer. Yeah, I am. I am.
1: I'm really proud of it. It's funny. It's been a funny record. Like, I've released it in Canada, right, in September, and I'm releasing it in America in January. I'm super proud of it. Like, it's a real labor of love for me, man. I let myself go down musical wormholes sometimes, and I'm like, let's go there, you know? And I think we really, like we nailed it like i wanted to get the vibe of early rock and roll but make it contemporary sounding and so that's what we did and i think we we did a great job man i'm super proud of it and it's really really fun stuff to play live it's like really it's built to play live you know it's fast it's fun it makes people dance the solos are great like
0: so that i'm really proud of how it came out I couldn't believe it man it's the biggest paper in montreal like it's probably the biggest it's the biggest paper in in quebec frank's you know
1: all over quebec it's, which is pretty significant because it's a really music heavy mm-hmm. province you know they're heavy heavy critics there so that particular you know the, the, that critic and that group of critics definitely got what i was going for which felt super super good they just heard it and they were like oh this is fresh this is rad yeah so i was pretty excited because in my mind you know you make records and you 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 expect them to just change the world and and, (laughs) and, you know what i mean when you make them i'm like oh it's gonna blow everybody's mind but it's about finding the right finding the people who it does blow their minds you know and that was i think really that particular uh that critic, who's a big critic in Quebec, he really got it, like straight ahead, all the references I was trying to get at, what I was trying to do, and, and
0: then making it modern, too, and everything else. So that felt pretty good. Well, I just said that I got the master like two days ago, so it's going to be, you know, I think it will probably
1: drop not that far i don't i think we'll probably kind of coordinate i don't know if we'll release it right at the same time but i don't think it'll be far off it was cool man i mean we we do a lot as an acoustic trio it's how we play most often so it was and so it was kind of neat to go back play these songs that we had played like amplified electrified with with a drummer and just play them as we often play which is just upright bass acoustic guitar me playing acoustic harmonies live and uh so it's got a different you know it's the same songs but but played like totally acoustic at kind of low volume we're all in the same room in a circle it's how i made my last record so far it's how i made my christmas record we love working like that it's just like so intense and intimate but it's real energetic stuff i think it it came out really I, i love it man i love the acoustic versions actually i'm really glad we did it i kind of thought i thought uh, is it, is it really worthwhile doing it and as soon as we got into it I thought oh no this is this is really a neat
0: way to, to perform this stuff and it makes sense cuz that's how we we are often as a trio like when people see us live Yeah right on yeah I worked with uh, a guy named
1: Matt Dunlap who directed who who basically did the artwork for the record too he did the photos mm-hmm. He's like my main collaborator besides the producers of my records he's the guy that's been with me for the last number of records and we work from like the early stages of me kind of looking at clothing and finding photos of things that we kind of make want to make reference to and all this stuff and we work together and develop kind of a look for everything he lives in LA now he's actually from Nova Scotia so I actually flew to LA and we shot the cover of the of the of the album with this red backdrop and it just looked like I had this this jacket on this red jacket on and I was like man it started to really come together as a vibe we just kind of were like okay this is it and actually the producer of the record Dan Ledwell was with us and he's a super artistic guy and we were having a blast like we shot the cover and then we were like okay you know let's we had a beer we were kind of loosening up and we're like (laughs) wait a minute let's just let's just See what happens if we just play the tune and I just dance. I'd been kind of dancing like during the making, during the kind of taking the pictures for the album. We wanted movement, so I'd been moving around already. We had the music kind of cranked up. Then we were like, let's just run it. And it was honestly, I think we ran the song once, maybe twice. Twice we had two cameras, same backdrop, and I just like basically went crazy and danced. (laughs) Just took it dead serious. Like I didn't laugh, I tried not to laugh. And that was that was it. And then we kind of looked at the video. And we we're like, man, this looks pretty rad. Like it was really it, the color, the
0: the whole look of it really kind of works. I was really happy with it for sure. Yeah, man, it was something that we started eight years ago,
1: which was like the three of us. And the look kind of at the core group is is this, is this trio, right? Mm-hmm. The bass and Alan Jeffries and Kyle Conjack. I've been playing with them for ten years. We're hanging out in like an RV in PEI in Prince Edward Island in the summer. And I was kind of talking about wouldn't it be fun to kind of do like a self-contained fundraising unit, you know, where we traveled with our own production in a van and we just showed up and played shows. And we got people to kind of congregate around a good cause. That's what it started as. And then we were like, oh, well, maybe we should do it around Christmas. Maybe we should do it for the food banks. Maybe we should do it in the shopping malls. So basically we, that's how it worked. We set up in the food courts of shopping malls and set up our PA and just start playing. And at first it was like eight people. Like it was so small. And now there's like hundreds. It's it's turned into like a full on it's like they're big shows. Like it's weird because it's we're like sitting in front of the A and W. You know what I mean? We're like (laughs) playing shows and there's a bunch of people like watching the show and they donate, they bring tons of food and they donate. And this year we raised 13,000 bucks in three days and we've raised over $60,000 for the food banks in New Brunswick. And New Brunswick is not a, is not a rich place. It's not a wealthy province. The Maritimes of Canada are not a wealthy part of Canada. It hasn't been wealthy for a long time. It's, you know, it was a resource economy that, that is not really working out super well now. And like so many other rural economies in in America and everything else, it's so, uh, it was important. I'm from New Brunswick. I'm from Fredericton. I've seen the poverty. I was like, man, there's gotta be a way that we can help out and playing music's fun. It's an easy way to do it. People have totally embraced it. They're super generous, man. You see, people are so generous in these communities. They actually do. They do want to help. I mean, we raised, we basically, we raised 6,700 bucks in one day in Saint John and Saint John's probably the the poorest of the three cities. You know what I mean? It was just kind of interesting. that it's a really hard done by city. It's it's really, really poor and gritty and people come out like crazy and they're so generous because they see it. they they
0: live with this and they do want to find a way to, you know, help out. Yeah, it it was. It was cool. I mean I came from a pretty creative family. Like my dad
1: directed musicals. They were high school musicals, but he was like ridiculously ambitious. It was it was like waiting for Guffman. But it was, yeah, you know, it was like he went the distance with community theater. Like it was they were huge productions, and he was super engaged and played music around the house. And we had like two pianos and clarinets and trumpet. It was a mega musical house. So in that way, I felt like. You know, music was always part of my life. It was never meant to be a career. Mm-hmm. They really didn't want me to do it as a career. They were super against that. That was one thing that was for sure. But it was kind of their fault. They also forced me to do music lessons, and I was a music obsessive from the time I was about eight. Mm. So that's you know, we got over that together. But it was yeah, I felt like it was a pretty. I think one thing about growing up in a small town, and it might it's it certainly influenced the way I play music and approach music. I think it's probably also why I do play in a lot of smaller towns. I really don't shy away from kind of the, the entertainment aspect of what I do. I want to be able to entertain people. I want to be able to like play to all sorts of people, uh, you know, like, older people and younger people and small communities, that's, that's what you have to be able to do. If 300 people show up, likely they're not all going to be like one type of person. They're not all going to be like 18-year-old, super hip, cool kids. It's going to be a couple 18-year-olds and it's going to be a couple 65-year-olds. And you got to kind of hold your own as an entertainer and pull everybody together. I've always, and I think that might have to do with the fact that I was from a town where you weren't going to be able to build an audience unless you were able to play to lots of different people. You were able to kind of like pull people into what you were doing. Uh, and I, so I think that it's probably influenced me quite a bit, but I'd say the biggest influence for sure with my parents, there was also some great roots players, man, like great, great guitar players. There's a big bluegrass scene in New Brunswick that Alan who plays with me was a big part of it. I mean, those guys, they're world-class bluegrass players and they're connected to all the big guys out of Nashville. It's a real weird connection between like Acadian bluegrass and, you know, you know, Tony Rice and stuff like it's a real interesting there. It's not that far off and most of them know each other and everything else. So there's some real high level musicians too, you know? And so that's kind of nice. There was a focus on being good at your instrument kind of before being cool. It was probably more important that you could kind of sing in tune and, and, uh, and play well, which I kind of dig, you know, it's definitely, I think that's, that's probably served me well. Because I've never been the coolest guy, but I do like to play.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. It's like they're just, I mean, two and they're three and five. Well, two and five. She's going to be three next month. So
1: it's, they're, we're just getting to that point. I just got a piano like a family piano, upright, a real piano. I sit down. I don't even play, man. I'm just like learning for the sake of my kids because, which has been great because I like the instrument, but you know, I can basically, I think around Maria's age, she's my older daughter. She's now going to start kind of getting into it. I can you know, she's sitting down at the piano. She's able to figure out, okay, this is what it, this is what it is. She's, we're able to sing together. So yeah, music's a huge, I have a huge record collection. I think for me, it's more like rather than being like super right now, especially like being regimented about playing or lessons or anything like that. It's more about like kind of discovering the magic of music as as organically as possible. So I basically have this giant record collection. I just get them to pick records. And it's awesome because at that age, you don't know. You're just discovering it for the first time. You know what I mean? You eventually, I just remember the first time that Maria was able to identify bluegrass, you know, like it kicked off. It's like ding, 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 ding. And like within two seconds, she's like bluegrass. And I'm like, wow, you know, there you go. Like she's identifying. And then when she hears like certain things, she's like, Oh, that's jazz. You know? So I think that that part is, is pretty, it's pretty interesting for me. That's, and that's important because it kind of gives you the, the other thing is awesome is that you also realize the power of album art because you ask them to pick out the albums. And they're basing it on just whatever the thing looks like. And I swear, it's really made me realize how awesome Electric Ladyland looks as a record, the Hendrix record. Because they pick it, like I probably have, I don't know, a thousand records or something. And I would say... Uh, about 70% of the time they go to that record because it looks so amazing. Like, they just pass all because it's so colorful, right? It's got that incredible gatefold that folds vertically and it's got all the, you know, Indian gods and with his face in the middle. I mean, it's just, like, the most incredible cover. So it's it's been pretty neat. You know, every once in a while they'll pull something out and I'm like, all right, you guys are ready for that? Like, that's, like, a super psychedelic Serge Gainsbourg record, you know, from, like, 1970. Uh, you know, but let's go for it. And it's cool because they don't have any preconceived ideas. So what you think is really weird, you kind of you realize that sometimes you just you've been kind of trained to think it's weird. They put it on. they like, OK, this is different. You know, they go they roll with it. So I find
0: it. We listen to lots of different stuff. It's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm always listening. I'm always listening to stuff. I love that. Like from Canada, there's been a
1: couple of great records this year that I, I really like. I love that Bar Brothers record. Mm-hmm. They're actually originally from the States, but they live up in Montreal now. I love that. That record's really cool. Leaf Volbeck. That record's really cool. Um, I don't know. I just made my, I made my year end list. I was just like looking at it. I mean, obviously that Jason Isbell stuff is, he's a, he's a damn good writer. I mean, it's kind of cool that he's he's doing so I like seeing people succeed who deserve it. You know, he's a great writer, you know, that he's a great, great singer and a great writer. I love seeing it succeed, you know, but I also listen to lots of pop music like I, I, everyone's, you know, there's there's some good there's some great stuff. I love that Kendrick record. I loved I listened to Ken. I listening to Calvin Harris's record. I like it's which I never thought I'd get into before, but it's filled with great it's great, you know, like it's got Frank Ocean. It's got like all this. It's really well kind of curated, which I think is kind of a neat cultural kind of thing. That there's another record, uh, Tony Allen, the, the drummer, the, like the he played with uh, Fela Kuti. He made a jazz record. It's like the one of the coolest jazz records I've heard in years. It's called the Source. It's a big band record, and it's really it's great too. But yeah, so there's been trying kind to of think of. I love that you know War on Drugs. Lots of, lots of stuff. It's, uh, obviously, I'm not the only one who who think it's great. But I think my favorite record of the year was Laura Marling. That's my favorite record of the year. Semper Femina. Mm-hmm. I'm a Blake Mills fanatic. He's, he's the best. He's like his the John Legend record that he produced. The fact that he can go from Laura Marling to John Legend and crush them both. And his own record, I love like Hey Ho is one of my favorite records. I was I grew up kind of like getting into roots music by way of Ry Cooder. I love that kind of guitar style, finger style, like electric, really dynamic playing. And he's really
0: just he's crushing it. I, I like pretty much everything he he makes, you know. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Like my most successful,
1: basically, you know, the most commercially successful project for sure was this, this track with a guy named classified who was a big rapper in Canada. He's kind of a big star and great guy We get along really well. And, and so I kind of started, I'm a trumpet player. Like I grew up playing trumpet. So I started by playing trumpet on a couple of his tracks. And then we did a song together where I played guitar and sang a hook and it was, it became kind of like a second single moderately successful, but his fans loved it. It was a real live staple. So we just kind of realized that we had a cool thing going. We covered a lot of different ground. Like I'm, I kind of knew the theory and, and play guitar and play trumpet. And he's a beat guy. Like he doesn't know minor to major, doesn't know any musical theory. That's not how he thinks about music at all. But he's a super great, he understands kind of the momentum and the energy. And he's got great ears and great ideas. And so together we, we covered a lot of ground. And so we worked on this song. It was called Inner Ninja. And uh, I had started with a hook. I didn't know what to do with it with my own song. I had this like the verse hook without the inner ninja part. And he was like, that's it, man. That's a great hook. And then we kind of messed with it. And then I went, I came in one day and I was like, I think we should call this song inner ninja. I know it sounds ridiculous. (laughs) And I was like, it has a lot of potential to be terrible. (laughs) But if we do it right, I think that this could be pretty memorable. And he just like slayed the verse. His verse is great. And it became this, like, anthem in Canada. It became the biggest selling hip-hop song ever in Canada. It went five times platinum. Wow. So, it, yeah, it was crazy. He got signed to Atlantic Records afterwards. Like, it was a crazy experience. It was a, it was a legitimate hit. And, uh, yeah, so, we, we
0: you know, it was a high risk. <laughs> high risk that paid off <laughs> for sure. It was pretty cool. No, Well, maybe that maybe we'll go. I would say if there's
1: any words of wisdom is at risks, you know, it's important to take them. Sometimes they don't always pay off, but you got to you got to take them. That's what it's about, you know, because if you're you got to follow your instinct because it's the only thing you got. And so that was one of those moments where it paid off, because I think there was nothing but my instinct that was telling me that that was going to be a good idea. And it ended up being a pretty good idea. I'm hoping my
0: instinct with this real love record is also as dead on, but we'll see. Should be, I mean, it's going to be on all the streamings, you know, and on all the, and on Apple, and it should be in, in all
1: retail. It's going to be hopefully everywhere, you know. You might have to order it in some, you know, a lot of stores, of course, because I'm not su- a super well known entity in America, but often with any kind of those stores, if you say, listen, I'm looking for the David Miles record, they'll definitely be able to look. up. Yeah.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.